All right, here we are. Another episode of Not Your Common Conversation. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Omar Henderson. I'm, Hello, you lucky listeners. You lucky listeners. I'm Chris Downing, and today we have a guest, uh, a good friend, a good friend of ours personally, uh, Vance uh, Gregg of, uh, am I pronouncing that right? That's good. Greg? Yeah. Vance Greg. Um, Vance is a, I, I consider you a scholar. Uh, well, that's that's a heck of a uh, compliment. A, a smart human being, a <laughs> businessman, a developer uh, in the DMV, um, amongst other things. Uh, uh, so, and I know you're a bit of a historian. I've been blessed to, 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 to kind of uh, have the time yeah. to, 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 to look at history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and and of course, we have a group. We go out. We do everything from you know bird that's, watching to that's bike right. riding and fitness and and so um, he brings value to my life, um, not just knowledge, but but also inspiration. Uh, I know we you talk. You guys were talking earlier about bike riding. I know we yes, took a bike ride. We sure did. We took, we took a couple, <laughs> a couple yeah. bike rides. That's right. How many miles do you guys put in on those bike rides? Uh, I, I don't think we can brag about that. No, no, no. Let's just leave that. Let's leave that to your imagination. But, but we bike ride. All right. <laughs> I got it. But I know we've had previous conversations um, uh, uh, with the, the uh, last uh, guest. Phil Lawson, um, you, do you remember Phil? I remember Phil. The conversation that we had just before the we big... had that we had those remotely. Exactly. On, That's right. On, on, on Zoom, uh, on exactly. Zoom or something. Yeah, right. Because we're in the middle of um, the pandemic. I, I did. The... <laughs> <laughs> I dare say the pandemic. Better notice. I think COVID. he called it the same thing. Yeah, the pandemic. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, funny enough, you guys, you and sometimes you and Phil would agree, Vince, agree exactly. to, to our surprise about That's things. Right. So you 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 really can't judge a book by its cover. You know, you really got to pick the book up and read it. Right. That's right. That's right. So, uh, Vance, we, we thought of you because, uh, you know, I don't. Uh, no one should be, should be surprised with what's going on with um, Israel and uh, over in the Palestine, uh, Palestinians. And I know Omar has a lot of information. You guys probably have a lot more. I'm here to learn from you guys today. Okay. But I know that you've, there was a, I've been on a, a text thread, which I've not commented on. I know you back and forth about this whole thing. And I just wanted you to share your ideas sure, about sure. what's happening from your point Well, you don't have any time limit today, do you? We don't. Okay. Uh, no. If it's good, it can be two hours. It can be whatever it takes, and you can say whatever. Right. If you if you, if right. you need to, you know, right. use profanity. I'm <laughs> no, we're good. No, I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, we don't. This is a podcast, and we don't. Yeah, yeah, we don't exactly. have any boundaries. Well, that's lovely. Yeah. Well, I just first I want to say because you said something, Chris, if I may. Sure. First of all, thank you. You're welcome. For uh, in fact, I should back up and say, Aisnaulaikum. Well, they peace be unto you. Yes. Thank but you, uh, and unto you, alaikum salam. Right, yeah. and uh, thank you, and and thank the universe, quite frankly, for us being able to talk like this. Yeah, uh, in this day and age, irrespective of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, you know, this is a fascinating time that we live in, for sure, where we feel closer together mm -hmm. as human beings. I, uh, and then I'll turn it over to Omar. Before coming here today, mm -hmm. I took the time using again one of these fascinating tools that technology. Was, uh, technology and right. I typed in on uh, home computer distance from 
dollars international no dc washington dc to israel to israel mm-hmm. and would you the answer yeah would you come six thousand miles six thousand miles that is correct and from I, DC, you, from you're DC saying, to get to Israel is six thousand miles in terms of distance. Distance, not whether you fly or you walk, right? Or you take a boat from one point to yeah, the other. One point to the other, it's six thousand miles. Interesting. Now, how is that? What's the significance of that? Right. Well, what, what prompted? Yeah, yeah. My, what prompted me to do that mm-hmm. was reflecting upon how the time that we live in we're 6,000 miles is a long way yeah. the circumference of the earth is estimated or scientifically known even the Egyptians by the way figured out the circumference of the earth right before you know all this other stuff other people discovered it right right and and uh, people before the Egyptians actually knew the circumference of the earth but we know for a fact that they did uh so anyway, that's almost one fourth the oh. circumference of the Earth, right? Right. Yeah. Because four times six is yeah. twenty-four. Twenty-four. Exactly. In in twenty-five exactly. thousand or so odd miles yeah. is their circumference, is the... right? So one quarter of the circumference of the Earth separates Washington D.C. Israel. from Israel, right? And so the question arises: What the hell is the United States of America? Mm-hmm. Doing in Israel—that's a long distance. <laughs> right, right, right. It's it's a quarter it's, it's, of the it's, earth. It's hard to make a case using you know a farmer's common sense, right? That that the United States of America has interest important to its citizens, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, in Israel, six thousand miles away. That's a hard case. I'm not saying that it. Can't be made. Well, they're there. They are. Right? Our, yeah. They are our allies in the region. Right. I think that's the, against well, threats. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's There's a partnership there. That's an interesting statement, and I know you're saying it rhetorically, and you might a case might be made. So I'm not. I don't want to stop you from making the case. That's why. Right. That's why but, there's police. But I'm just saying Southeast. it's a hard case to make, right? Because a criminal in Israel. Going to have a hard time doing anything in the United States, right? They're too far away, right? Right. Somebody with a rifle is going to have a hard time shooting an American, right? Right. In the United States, yeah, right? Yeah. It's a long yeah, distance. Won't reach that far, right? right. Exactly. Won't reach that far, right? Right. And they had, and even if they were there, you still had, uh, what is it? The twin towers blown up. They didn't come from there. They didn't come from there. Right. Yeah, so so it's, yeah. But that might not be, and again, I'm, I'm glad we're touching that territory, and I don't want to break your flow, but when we say that, that is a common sense response. It didn't come from there, but maybe it did come from there. Right? Yeah, I get your um, point. Um, uh, maybe it did come from there. Re- a reaction. Because this, this is a complex Indirect. matter, Right. As uh, in terms of world affairs, I don't think we want to try to convince ourselves by the 6,000 mile distance that distance eliminates uh, uh, international relationships or relationships with other cultures. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that are important either as a benefit or as a danger, right? Right. So I don't think I don't think we can argue that that if it's not close, it sh it shouldn't we shouldn't be there. I was making the point, and we'll go back to it. I was just throwing out a case has to be made, right? It can't be automatically assumed one way or the other. And then in the process of making the case, that's when we get to define if there are any interest, mm -hmm. and then what those interests are, sure, and then how those interests should be responsibly pursued in the interest of the citizens of the United States. Mm -hmm. Right? Interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I, I like how, you, how okay. you're breaking this down. Go right. Keep going. Right? Mm -hmm. So, Omar, I'm going to pass it to you because I know you had a way that you well, wanted to kick this off. Well, uh, right. you, kind of, you kind of put it in another direction. So then the right. question becomes, well, what are those interests? And are they popularly known and, and are they campaigned mm -hmm. uh i mean like does it matter to me as an african-american that the united states have a presence in israel or that the united states supports israel that's right or 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 supports the people of the region but it's an unbalanced support mm -hmm. most of the support goes to the israelis some support goes to palestine or palestinians so it's like okay so how does that serve our interest here, and what interest would they serve? Because there's no oil being produced, there's no electricity being you mean, produced. You mean within the boundaries of Israel, which Palestine? I, which, which are, yeah, within those boundaries, which by the way are rather murky, the boundaries. Right, right. Oh, yeah. But you're well, saying yeah. that there's. What are the obvious interests? Yeah, no, what are the you're obvious there's interests? No, there's no I, oil. I, yeah, there's no oil coming right. out of there. Yeah. Um, out of Israel. Yeah, the only exports that come out of there were historically Palestinian, which were olives and mm -hmm. olive oil. Mm -hmm. All right, if anything. Mm -hmm. um, now, I guess, I don't know what Israel is importing into the United States. So, wait a minute. This whole thing is because of olives? No. Okay, I'm being funny. No, no, no. <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm making a joke. I'm really trying to get to the heart of the matter. What would be oh. the interest of the United States to Israel? What, uh, what's the real interest? Because the only interest is that they're buddies with the Zionists. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Who's so they? They, Okay, well, good question. So there was an article in the Washington Post about, I don't know, 20... 25 years ago. Yes. About the moment when Harry Truman. Yes. Reluctantly decided to support the Zionists in their fight against the Palestinians. Mm hmm. And it, it, the, the article was written like a story. Mm. And it talked about how a longtime friend of Harry Truman, who happened to be Jewish and Zionist, came to him and said, We really want your support. And and, you know, uh, supporting us in going into uh, Palestine. And Harry Truman was like, was it Truman? It's either Truman or um, who was the general who became? Well, Truman, Truman was president when, if I'm correct, when the United States, quote, recognized Israel as a, quote, nation. So this, ha this conversation happened in like 47, 48. <laughs> well, that would have been about time that, yeah, that, that Truman All right, was, so it was, was president. Okay, it wasn't Eisenhower, it was Truman. Right. So Truman reluctantly, reluctantly did so. He chose to support them and, you know, the rest is history. Um, you know, and then... 
I'm sure he made a case, though. Well, the case was they were long time. You know, it's so funny because you're the one that tells me about how people go out and golf and make million dollar deals mm-hmm. on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they know one another. Mm. You know, I'll, you, we're well, out you there. You get a chance to make the case. So your you point, get, you're, you're you get su- a chance to make. You're the suggesting case. then that Truman didn't know any Palestinians, friends. You know, that's a good question. I don't really know if he did. The article didn't speak to him. Right, but you made a good point. Palestinians. He knew one one group. He knew one. He group. might not have known the other or exactly. valued them exactly, or might not have even known they which existed. Is, which right. is interesting because Phil, our friend, forwarded an article that I read or watched yesterday. Uh, it was a YouTube thing, and inside of that, they mentioned that the Ottoman Empire never really recognized Palestinians as having any kind of sovereignty at all. And well, that's kind of a red. That's that's kind of a red herring. How's that? Well, you well you started off by saying that he shared with you an article which mentioned the Ottoman Empire. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, so an empire doesn't recognize anybody. Its subjects. Right. 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 Know, right. Right. Sovereignty. Right. That's no. the whole purpose of well, an empire. Well, you know, sovereignty. Right. Well, sovereignty. May <laughs> so it's not, kind of a tricky article. I'm it just is. Pointing it is. Out no, you're right. You're right. That and this is one of our challenges that in this kind of volatile type disputes or international controversies that you have people who take sides and are pushing agendas and they're very smart highly educated many of them go to some of the best schools in the world Mm -hmm. and so you have to respect that they could write something that makes you think elephants can fly right (laughs) but what would be the the motive for them to do that because they have they have an agenda right there's they have they have an interest, goes right, back right, to your right, question, right, right. they have an interest that they're attempting to defend or advance, right? Right, Or they're, yeah, or they're combating another interest that they believe that is not in their interest. Right. So that's why they will twist words and put together a story, you know, that serves their interest, such as, well, let's go back to that article, you know, the Ottomans didn't recognize the Palestinians, so why are y'all concerned about the Palestinians? Hmm. Right? Hmm. They haven't yeah. been ever recognized. Which is an irony because <laughs> because both the Palestinians and Hebrews have pretty much been ostracized throughout their lives. You know what I'm saying? Well that 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 hmm. that that may or may not be the case, but let's not go there yet. Right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. But okay. let's just yeah, let's, they let's could just, be jumping things ahead. Right. Let's first could, let's first kind of set the table on geography because we started out maybe with your permission well, six thousand miles yep. from Washington D.C. where we sit. Right? right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, probably, it's probably even further than from California. Right? right. I didn't ask that question, but we can check it out. <laughs> right. You make the point. Right. The, using the geography, geography first. Geography. Yep. The area known as Israel, or what some people call, or a lot of books call the Middle East, which is kind of interesting, mm-hmm. right? Because if you look on a map, the, quote, Middle East is actually on the northeast side and partly on, I'm struggling with somebody else's definition, right, <laughs> of the continent of Africa. 
Right. Yeah. Ah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So mysteriously, it's separated. You don't even think of it. You don't right? even think of it. You think the Middle East is sitting out there somewhere where? In the Middle East. It's right. right? right, right. <laughs> all okay. by itself. Right. Peace you know, in the Middle East. All by itself. Right. Right? But it's right there. Yep. Right? In fact, most people will can fix it in our heads by simply saying that it's it's Egypt is in the Middle East. Okay. okay. Right. Okay. And, and separated from. Well, somehow it's separated. Af- you know, well, Egypt is in Africa. For, right, right. Right. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, it has a border with. What? Uh, uh, what? Like, Sinai. It and, has a, it has, it, it has a, it has, it has, Egypt has a defined border. Yeah. With and that Palestine. defined border, right. Is adjacent to the contested territory of Israel and Palestine. The, the Middle East, they call it right? the Middle East, right? Well, this this is part of it. Yeah, Israel and, and and Palestine are simply part of that geography. Mm-hmm. They're not the only, you know, civilizations or cultures within that geography. Egypt is one of them, mm-hmm. right? So I'm just saying to help people situate it, and then that part of the north north Af- the north uh, the northern part of the African continent sits on one of the most uh, critical, should we say, geographies, one side of the most critical geographies in human history, known uh, that, that, that's around the Mediterranean Sea. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the history of humanity is intensely We're getting a geography tied up here. in- which is intensely tied up into the into the evolution and the rise of human civilization, mm-hmm. the advancement of human civilization, the Mediterranean cultures, right, which surround that basin, the mix of humanity, the cross currents, the the intellectual discoveries, the artistic everything, everything is 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 massively intertwined. Mm-hmm. Around this Mediterranean basin, as one civilizational, should we say, node in ODE in the world. Another one is obviously the Asian node, right? Mm-hmm. You know, another one is the Western Hemisphere, which you can divide into South America or South and North between the two continents mm-hmm. with the Isthmus in between. So this is a node of civilization. Mm-hmm. You know, the Mediterranean is flanked by what we now today know as Europe, right? You know, uh, Greece, right? Turkey, right? North Africa, mm-hmm. right? And the southern part of Europe, that's Spain, France, you know, et cetera. This, and, and then you have the Italian coastline mm-hmm. or the, you know, the Aegean. So all kinds of massive things around human history that we are aware of for tens of thousands of years have passed in this area. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and so that then takes us back to maybe to that, this area, this geography of Israel-Palestine has been civilized, right? For literally thousands and thousands of years. Now. Period. Yeah. Right? Right. So, So there is no such thing as this place was empty recently. Right. Right? Or at any and, time. And, uh, or, well, at one time it might have been because human civilization, we think, or human beings originate from southern Africa, 
and begin to migrate, migrate out and upwards. And so maybe at one time, maybe not, but maybe at one time it was devoid of human beings, but several thousand years ago, that changed. That changed. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Way before you and I and way before, you know, what we're looking at today, you know, which is a, a one group telling one story, right? One very powerful group of interest telling one story, right? In of the area and another less powerful group clinging on, right, with a story of their own. Yeah. But if I may, just as a matter of, and I hope this with your permission. Absolutely. Uh, with both please, of y'all's permission. Please. This is great. I want to read something that I was blessed to come across. And it might seem a little long. I think we can get it done. Yeah. Let's in do other it. 10 minutes. In under it. seven minutes. Let's do it. Or five minutes. I'm listening. But it might help set the table to, a, to this, what we want to try to awaken here today. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say who wrote it till the end. Okay. All right? right. It's not me, first of all. Okay. All right. <laughs> a little cliffhanger here. All right. Okay. And it starts off as this. What the latest phase of the undeclared war in the Middle East is based upon a profound miscalculation. The bombing raids deep into Egyptian territory will not persuade the civilian population to surrender, but will stiffen their resolve to resist. This is the lesson of all aerial bombardment. The Vietnamese who have endured years of American bombing have responded not by capitulation, but by shooting down more enemy aircraft. In 1940, my own fellow countrymen resisted Hitler's bombing raids with an unprecedented unity and determination. For this reason, the present Israeli attacks will fail in their essential purpose. But at the same time, they must be condemned vigorously throughout the world. The development of the crisis in the Middle East is both dangerous and instructive. For over 20 years, Israel has expanded by force of arms. After every stage in this expansion, Israel has appealed to reason and has suggested negotiations. This is the traditional role of the imperial power because it wishes to consolidate with the least difficulty what it has taken already by violence. Every new conquest becomes the new basis of the proposed negotiation from strength, which ignores the injustice of the previous aggression. The aggression committed by Israel must be condemned, not only because no state has the right to an ex-foreign territory, but because every expansion is also an experiment to discover how much more aggression the world will tolerate. The refugees who surround Palestine and their hundreds of thousands were described recently by the Washington journalist I.F. Stone as the moral milestone around the neck of world Jewry. Many of the refugees are now well into the third decade of their precarious existence 
in temporary settlements. The tragedy of the people of Palestine is that their country was given by a foreign power to another people for the creation of a new state. The result was that many hundreds of thousands of innocent people were made permanently homeless. With every new conflict, their numbers have increased. How much longer is the world willing to endure this spectacle of wanton cruelty? It is abundantly clear that the refugees have every right to the homeland from which they were driven. And the denial of this right is at the heart of the continuing conflict. No people anywhere in the world would accept being expelled en masse from their own country. How can anyone require the people of Palestine to accept a punishment which nobody would tolerate? A permanent just settlement of the refugees in their homeland is an essential ingredient of any genuine settlement in the Middle East. We are frequently told that we must sympathize with Israel because of the suffering of the Jews in Europe at the hands of the Nazis. I see in this suggestion no reason to perpetuate the suffering. What Israel is doing today cannot be condoned, and to invoke the horrors of the past to justify those of the present is gross hypocrisy. Not only does Israel condemn a vast number of refugees to misery, not only are many Arabs under occupation condemned to military rule, but also Israel condemns the Arab nations, only recently emerging from colonial status to continuing impoverishment as military demands take precedence over national development. All who want to see an end to bloodshed in the Middle East must ensure that any settlement does not contain the seeds of a future conflict. Justice requires that the first step toward a settlement must be an Israeli withdrawal from all the territories occupied in June 1967. A new world campaign is needed to help bring justice to the long-suffering people of the Middle East. I can't disagree with that. Um, Now let me tell you who wrote that and when it was written. It sounds like it was written yesterday. It does. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Last night. Yeah, it does sound like it was written recently. It was written on January 31st, 1970, 53 years ago. Oh, wow. It was written by a man who at that time that he wrote it was 98 years old. He died two or three days after he wrote it. The man's name is Bertrand Russell, Nobel Prize winner. Hmm. One of the greatest philosophers hmm. of modern time. Yeah, I'm And a citizen of the United Kingdom. Right. Now we have set the table. Let's talk. <laughs> so this has been good. This is, you know, <laughs> an well, age no. old. I, I, I like that. I like that. And so, so what's interesting, so, and I've said this to Chris, because Chris has asked me on occasion, why is all this happening, right? And so 
quite honestly, in my opinion, from a religious perspective, this is happening because uh, the Zionists hold fast to them being given a promised land. And the difference between then and now is that that promised land, when it was the promised land, was inhabited by people who practiced paganism. Whereas now, the people who are there are monotheistic. Now, I draw this, con I, <clears throat> I compare that to... I'm curious to hear what I, I compare that to... Response, how okay, no, respond seriously. To so check this Go out. Ahead. Compare that to the development of the Islamic movement in Saudi Arabia at the time of the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. And at the end of his mission, there was to be established an area in which there would only be monotheism practiced. And that's Mecca. And that no one, anyone who doesn't practice monotheism is not allowed in there. So it occurs to me that it is a characteristic of God through revelation to, to have the people establish a land where the only worship is going on is a, of a monotheistic nature. And the only faith that's being practiced is of an Abrahamic, has an Abrahamic root. So it makes sense to me that um, though when the Jews left Egypt and were to go into, to cross the River Jordan and overtake those Palestinians to then establish a land where there's monotheism only, that makes sense. The issue is, you know, when they got there, they were like, these guys are really big, and so we're not going to fight. So they wandered for 40 years or whatever, whatever, whatever. This and that has gone back and forth. Then the Zionists all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but I would contend that there have always been a contention amongst the Jewish people that were mm, determined to get that land by any, way, by any means possible. And so, you know, thousands, if not hundreds of years later, there are these superpowers that arise in the West. They're able to befriend them and then get their support and go into Palestine and take over. But as I said before, these Palestinians now are no longer pagan. They're monotheistic. So it, it sort of obliterates uh, them having to go into a territory and take it over to establish God's rule. Now, they disguise that. So in essence, what's really happening is that they're marching or they're launching a holy war. This is, this is the Jewish version of jihad. But they won't tell you that. You know, it's so funny. They won't say that. They, you know, I don't, I don't, and I meant to look up, like, there is... What is the what is the Hebrew word for for jihad? But that's what this is for them, especially for the Zionists. This is a jihad, so they're going to do what they can, thinking that they're in the right, and they've gotten people on their side to support them and empower them to do so. Well, you've raised uh, you've covered a lot of uh, a long arc of history there. Yeah, and if I may, Believe my guess permission, let's dive into it just a little bit. Because you'd mentioned several thousand years. And yeah, in a few sentences. And you mentioned paganism. Mm -hmm. That's a that's kind of a loaded word. Oh Pagan, yeah, paganism. these days it is. Well, probably any day if I would have gone up 
respectfully 10,000 years ago until somebody who was sincerely engaged in a, in a spiritual experience that they're pagan, they, they probably would have been disappointed in me. Right? <laughs> right. Because for probably them. more so than, right? than now. <laughs> right. Because to them, right, 10,000 years ago, that was, right? Yeah, that was really That important. was just as real as Islam is to you. Right. Right? So, and I only say that not as a criticism. I had the, the fortune, the blessing of about a month ago being in, quote, the Middle East. Well, I was not in Israel, which I have for many years in my mind refused to go in my own moral universe. But I went to Egypt. And I, I've, I've had the blessing to visit Cairo. In the some of the even even though they're not the most ancient, that was one of the things that just surprised me. Some of the some of the ancient Egyptian historical sites. Of course, the one we see in National Geographic, the the Great Pyramids of Giza. Right, Giza. I I was there. I was able to the Sphinx, I was able to walk that ground. That's quite impactful, right? You just get a little taste, right? Mm-hmm. Of the of a small stretch of human history, a very small slice, right? Right. But an amazing slice, right? And then I had the opportunity to go out in some of the other areas where some of the burial tombs are that are not the pyramids and enter them and just see this amazing execution of, of technology. I don't, think, I don't think you could find anyone on earth who could do it today in terms of working with stone and chisels, right, right. et cetera, sure patience. To, 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 to do what I saw. Yeah. And what other people have seen and have traveled for hundreds of years since Europe rediscovered these places right. in order to see this, be inspired by it, and even import into their religions the spiritual insights and moral insights of what we popularly know as Egyptian or Nubian civilizations, right? So people might be amazed to find out, although we won't get into this today, there are people far more qualified than I, but the actual stories in the Old Testament, in Revelations and in the Quran and books like that, can be found similar language in, 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 in verses are found in Egyptian text. Right? Stretching back thousands of years before the Hebrews or before the Muslims mm-hmm. and before the Christians. I'm only saying that not to take away from anyone's faith because that's something different. I'm only saying that it's all connected. Right? It all has a root. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in Islam, we are taught that by the Quran, that it's all one. Right, and it, it has a deep, 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 deep 
beginning, way back that we can't even comprehend, right? So that I so but, but anyway, going back to this trajectory of history, we left out that when the Hebrews, either shortly after the Hebrews arrived or sometime in that trajectory you describe, don't leave out the Romans, right? In in you know their their empire. Yeah. Right now we talked about the Ottoman Empire. Right, but there was the Roman Empire, and then there was the Hebrews, and then there was the Persian Empire. Probably the has. Persian Empire. All this stuff is all mixed up in there. But at the end of the day, because then I think we want to take this a step further. But at the end of the day, after all those twists and turns and several centuries, because we can think of centuries, we can relate to centuries, mm-hmm. right? After several centuries of civilizational you know, processes, right? You end up with Hebrews, right? Judaic people in the land popularly known in that time then as Philistine or Philistine, and we've conjugated it to be Palestine. The The Hebrews have always, have not always, but they've been there for a long time. Yeah. They were never, quote, Gone. Right. Right? Right. They were there. Yeah. Right? Living alongside who? Palestinians. Or the Canaanites. Whoever. Right? But they were living alongside other other folks. folks. Exactly. Right? They weren't by themselves. They weren't by themselves. They weren't run out (laughs) to France. You know? Right. Et cetera. Right. They were living there. Time marches on, and what we find, just to fast forward, right? What we find is when the Zionist movement comes into fruition, starts to peak its head up, which is about in the 1890s, it gets, you know, some steam up, and some of its critical thinkers behind it. And by the way, I think it should be pointed out that most of that titular, or should we say the leadership of the Zionist movement at that time were not religious. No, then no. Okay. <laughs> they were not, quote, orthodox people practicing the Judaic faith. Hmm. And by the way, they were proud of that. That's very They actually confessed that some of them that they were uh, atheists. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so... So they, they they were not they were not that they were not I'm not I can't I don't know them so I can't swear by that I'm just saying what many of some of them have written right right that they were not that right that's not up for much dispute well, I, well I'm going to interrupt you there I find that really interesting because as you say that the question arises to me so where did the idea of Jewish homeland come from well the question would be it came from them. Yeah, and you know, the question would be why? What were what were their interests? Right. What were they? What were they about? What were they? What were their goals? What 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 were they trying to organize? Right. Their motives. And who were they? Who did they need to help them? And why would somebody help them? Right. So, uh, what what shared interests might there be? Now, as far as what their motives were, what their interests were. They'll have to speak for themselves. There's books on that, you know, et cetera. So I'm not going to put words in their mouth. I, I, I Acor- according see. to them, the popular story is 
they were looking for a place to where, quote, Jewish people, right, could have a homeland. But I think if we just want to simplify it, right, that might, there might be some truth in that, right? But I think it would also be fair to say that they were looking for a place that they could run the goddamn show. <laughs> right, right, right. Make their own. Well, that, right, that, right. Yeah, so, and that, that's... Mean, meaning them, not. This is where I want to get you. No, not, not quote Jews, meaning oh, the, the guys cooking this shit up. Right, <laughs> they're human beings. Right, right, right. So in other words, <laughs> so wait a minute, they so, got to come up with a story, and it might be a good story. So basically, right? what you what you're saying is that these guys just are like, like George Washington. Right. Wait a minute, he came up with a story. Right. You're, you're basically saying <laughs> that these guys, it, and after a while, people started to believe it. Go ahead. You're saying that these guys are secondhand conquerors. Well, of course. I mean, <laughs> what else would people get up out of bed in the morning, you know, and bust their ass unless it wasn't something that was going to benefit them? And what I mean by <laughs> and what I mean by that out. I, I, but hold on, go ahead, Omar. No, what I mean by secondhand is like so they weren't as powerful as Stalin. They didn't have the influence of Stalin or Hitler. Or Churchill. They had to come up with their own show. And so they influenced people like Churchill and Truman and whomever Well, else. they started off back then in the 1890s. They went to one of the who they were working with. And by the way, they did work out a deal with the Russian leadership and a couple other European powers. But the power they focused their effort on was the empire. And what empire am I referring to? British. The British Empire. Yeah. Right? Right? And what were the interests of the British Empire in, quote, the Middle East? Oh, they wanted free passage to the Far East. And what did they do to get it? They fucking dismantled the Ottoman Empire. Well, not only that, that came at the end of World War One, right. But before the end of World War One. They got involved in the Suez Canal, ah, which comes, which connects what? Which connects Africa to the Middle East, rather. Well, basically, it's a shortcut. It's a shortcut, right? Because connects... you don't, you don't have to leave the port, a port in England, right? Right. Which was a sea power, right? Or in France and, and the go, rest of them, and go, and go around Africa. the tip of Africa, yeah, right. And then up into Asia, right? Right. So they said, okay, well, you know, well, it wasn't the first time that idea had been conceived. Right. Right? That had been conceived hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. Even the Egyptian, ancient Egyptian civilization had conceived it. Mm-hmm. Right? But they had some other ideas about how to do it, where to do it, you know, et cetera. But it connects the Mediterranean. You can come out of the Mediterranean, right? Into the through Arabian the Suez sea. Canal, into the Arabian Indian Sea, sea and boom. Through. And into the Indian Ocean. That's correct. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That sure. shaves a lot of days. Yeah. Right? Sure. <laughs> and a lot of risk of sending armies, trade. Yeah, for trade. And people. Yeah. Right? For an empire. Any type of travel, right? Yeah. And so the Zionists, without getting into that detail so we can get back to the present, potentially, 
is the Zionists went to the empire knowing that that was an interest of the empire and cut a deal. And when you think about it and step back and must not try to make any judge, I mean any, we should always make a judgment, but let's just look at the judgments in real, to say real, realistically. When they came to the empire, the empire looked at them and while they were Jews, by the way, which the empire didn't have a lot of respect for, on religious grounds, they talked about Jews, but the empire was Christian. Burden at that time and United Kingdom didn't have any love for Judaic people, right? They, they Because they were fanatic, men, some of them were fanatical Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Although many of them, by the way, the heads of the, 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 the guys who were running the empire, just so we don't want to leave that alone, Many of them were atheists too, by the way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And many of them were what we call occultist. Interesting. Meaning they were into all kinds of <laughs> all, all kinds of. Wait a minute. Many of call- them were. Are you calling them pagan? Well, yeah, was, well, you see what I'm saying. That's right. why I tell you that was yeah. a loaded word. Right. Right. <laughs> by occultist, they were into orient what they call Orientalism. Yeah. Right? Right. Which was looking into the ancient Egyptian religions. Right. You know, the Buddhist religions, anything they get their hands on. Right? Okay. In in order to raise their spiritual powers. Well, that's interesting. Or their insights. Okay. Right? That says a lot. So so is this because somebody says they're atheist? Right? Doesn't mean, Doesn't mean they, they, don't believe they ain't in believing in something or they're not trying yeah. to work some hocus pocus, right. right? Right. In order to enhance their powers. And I say that lightly, but it's very, it's very, very serious. No, I, th- I do take it seriously. You know, and I know this is sidetracking the issue, but something that I've learned since being Muslim is what you just said, how it's all connected. Right. So, so, and I'll give you a for instance. So there's a, amongst the, um, I'll say amongst the Shia community, yeah, they have a habit of wearing a ring with a stone, yeah, all right, and and the, the various stones, mm-hmm. right, and they talk about the attributes of these stones. That's right, right, yeah. So then later you come to find out in life that there's like gems and stones have certain energies. That's right, right. So That's right. Huh? Well, wow. but you learn that from somebody who's not practicing an Abrahamic faith, right? That's right. But they're saying, you know, these stones have energies. Oh, you match that up with what you're told exactly. by your Muslim friends about these stones have certain qualities and certain That's blessings right. or certain attributes. That's and you're right. like, oh, damn. It's all connected. And it's all connected. Not only that, but you know about the hand of God. The hand of Fatima. Well, the hand of Fatima. That's right. Right. Okay. <laughs> you, the, you hand, call- the hand with the eye? No, not the, the hand the with the eye. Some of the hands have an eye. Uh, yeah, sometimes they do. Right. Yeah. Right. right. So that's also a Jewish symbol. Yeah, I that you're hipping me on. Yeah, it's called the <laughs> it's called the hand of God. Woo. See, and Muslims so, call it the hand of Fatima. And you know who else wears one? Yes, who? The, the Hindus. You're right. That's right. The Hindus you're wear right. So yeah. how deep it gets. Right, and that's all about that flow of human beings across geography. It's not like tele- telepathy. That's right. interesting. These are people Geography. moving across cultures. Because we forget about on that. On foot <laughs> and by water. Right. And by whatever these means. Yeah. Right? And now migration, by airplane. Migration. Migration. So there's travel. a lot of cross-references. There's a lot of cross-references. Yeah. Right? 
So we were getting back huh. to the to the. But I still I, more in common. Yeah, right? but I'm, I'm, I don't mean to cut. I still think that the whole Zionist movement is built on top of what I told you about the promised land. Okay, but okay, but whether, I, didn't, whether I, they but I don't it, dispute that. Huh. But all I was trying to put in the mix was that the people who were attempting to establish themselves as the powers as a power, right? These human beings wanted power. The Zionists. Now, to have power, you want power over something, right? It's usually not over yourself, right? You want power <laughs> over people, right? That's you want power over yeah. resources. Res- land. Yeah, uh, and you do it either for narcissistic reasons or you do it for material reasons or you do it to control. For, for control something, but it's your it's your thing. Well, to get people... To support that, how are you going to convince people to support you? How are you going to get people to follow you? Let's Cre- start there. Create a story. You got to come up with something. <laughs> yeah, but you know. Okay, so the Homeland story fits, meaning you can get a lot of sincere Believers. Jewish people. Oh yeah, you can get Jewish to buy people. into that. Yeah, and it might not be good for them. It might be completely against the moral principles of Judaism. But if you can tell them that story and paint a picture and 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 make them believe it, forget the Jews for a moment, the Judaic people. You can get people to do a lot of crazy shit, Omar. Well, you can, no doubt. You take Jim Jones. <laughs> you see, I'm this you is no really. joke. Stories are powerful. If you look into the history of Jim Jones, Jim Jones was on the east of west coast of the United States of America. This is a gentleman of Caucasian mixed descent. What was he mixed with? Do you know? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe some indigenous in American. Yeah. We're all mixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. just saying, you can look at yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's not, you know, blonde eyed, blue eyed. Right, right. Right? But go ahead. So you take this guy. Right. Take this man. I think he came from a broken household. Many of us do, so I'm not sure. saying that that's a negative. Yeah. But he ends up, as a as a preacher, Christian preacher, by Christian the way. Preacher, by the way. Not Muslim. Right. Not Judaic. Uh, but I'm just using this as a side thing because I think it's important to where we're going to get. He comes up with the story. He's dealing with downtrodden, mostly. Yeah. You know, people who are struggling. Down, downtrodden. People yeah. who are struggling. That's important. Yeah, it's a very yeah. important. Yeah, because they need they want something to hope for. Well, you're you're, you're vulnerable. Well, they have a need. Oh, you, you are have vulnerable. A need and you're they very vulnerable. Oh my God. So the story he comes up with, however he painted it, I wasn't there when he painted it, right? Right. But he sold these people. You, you see, we don't want to look at that, and we might be tempted to say those people are stupid. Anybody who followed Jim Jones was an idiot. Yeah, no. That's dangerous to look at it that way. Yeah, yeah, it is. Right? What the story of Jim Jones says is is that you can make people do anything Anything. if you can wire up a story and speak to their vulnerabilities. That's it. Now, now, now he took mothers, grandmothers, grandfathers, Adult people, some people very accomplished, by the yeah, way. They weren't no, all downtrodden. No. Okay? And got them on an exodus. By the way, he used the Bible. 
<laughs> right? This is great. They were going to exodus from America. To a promised land. To the promised land. To establish a home land. land. Right. And to create paradise on earth. He gave them connection. Right. Now they got down there. It was all good. They got as far as Guiana, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? where they were planning I've to go? I've seen pictures of it. Yep, I have too. Wait a minute. Right. Is that where they were planning to go? Well, that's where he planned to go. Yeah. Okay. Right? I don't think they had but, a damn idea what was going on. They were just following. But they were just following. <laughs> right. They were sheep. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So they were up he for got the all test. the way. And Guiana, by the way, if I think if we ask the computer how far Guiana is, right, from D.C.? 6,000 miles? You might find it's yeah. a long way, okay? <laughs> Four to six. I don't think you can walk there. No. Okay? And they came from California. Right. Right? Yeah. So that's 3,000 miles already booked in already. <laughs> right. Okay? Okay. But they were up for the task. Go they ahead. were up to the task. They got there. And by the way, that's a hell of a journey. Yeah. I, I've, I've looked at Guiana. There's no super highways down there. Oh, okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Right. To, to get to where they got, trust me, is it, not something that you would be something. up to. Anyway, to make a long story short, and it's nothing to laugh about, just as today what we're looking at is nothing to laugh about. So I don't want to think that this is humor. But by the time it all ended, the same gentleman who took them to paradise took them to where? To death. Straight to hell. <laughs> okay. Now that's a hell of a turn. Yeah. Right? Yeah. From California in a church, right? It from their homes, right? On a journey of exodus mm -hmm. to salvation, in peace, to escape oppression. Mm -hmm. And what happened in the end? Suicide. Mass suicide. He so he <clears throat> somehow had these people so convinced of that it was better to kill themselves as opposed to live. Now, you want to explain that to me? But, but here's what's important. Here's, here's what's important, uh, Vance. He did that by way of story. Had yes. he walked up to them and said, hey, you want to die? I'm going to take you it, it, to Guyana. And you're going to commit suicide with me. That wouldn't have worked. Wouldn't have worked. He might have had maybe two or three people who were crazy. But to create that story, that's what got him there. It was a story in between. And a story was also created for them to kill themselves. And so. No, go on. So, so, so it's, 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 it's relevant. We're going to tie this back in. Uh, right. Yeah. I. 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 This is going to be. We're going to tie this back in. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah this is going to be a yeah, two-part conversation. Okay. So <laughs> we're going to tie this back in. But. 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 But before we, you know, start working down wherever we're going to stop this conversation, with your permission, and with your permission, <laughs> absolutely, Chris, absolutely. <laughs> I just like to try I love to. This. You're so graciously this. rude. This That's is right. great. No, but this is great because he's, this is an outline. This is great for the show. Right. Because it's an outline. He's out. He's setting right. this thing up. Right. Follow. I do want to just kind of frame something. Yeah. Right. Frame. That's the word I'm looking for. Because Chris, you're right. It's about stories. Yeah. That's what all. And that's we've what been our, fed that's a lot our, of. That's what our <laughs> entire life is about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. It's stories. 
as human beings. Yeah. And by stories, I think it's fair to say they don't have to be spoken. But the story is what comes in through our five senses mm. during the time that we are conscious in this realm, right? Before we proceed to another realm. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's all about what's coming into our five senses, right? And if and human if if another human being takes the world and some elements within it and then constructs a story to tell us to influence our reason, our capacity, our thinking capacity, mm-hmm. then then that's a chance for them to exercise power over us or persuasive power. And that is that is potentially for good or bad or somewhere in between, yeah. right? So our mothers and our fathers are part of that and people who we don't know are part of that. So what I want to come to though is that what we are talking about or where we are going to end up getting probably deeper into the tremendous, terrible, for lack of a better word, bloodshed that human beings are engaged in, in quote, and I'll say in quote, Israel-Palestine is just that, terrible. I, some people have put other words on it, evil, demonic. But it, I don't want us to lose sight that it's a story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a story. It is very critical to pick the story apart and put it in context mm-hmm. so that we don't end up like the followers of Jim Jones. <laughs> and maybe, maybe... And I know that this is what the people in that struggle are working on. I'd say, I'll say something to you because it moved my heart. Before I came over here, I was clicking through to the studio. I was clicking through some stories. And a couple things came up, and then I'm going to mention something else. Yesterday, see, we're not hearing these stories. Yesterday, apparently, or somewhere in the last 24 hours or 36 hours, they say hundreds, it might have been thousand or so, more, a couple thousand more. I don't know. You know, you can never trust the numbers because it's a story. Right. All I know is, is that, because they got pictures of it, Grand Central Station, which you might be familiar with in sure. New York. Yeah. It's a big place. Yeah, it's a big place. Well, in the last 36 or less hours, it was full to the rafters. with human beings, Mm -hmm. organized by a group called Jews for Peace, Mm -hmm. demonstrating with their voices against the atrocities that are occurred. Yeah, I saw that. I saw pictures. Mm -hmm. I heard. Now, what does that say? Instagram. You see, we can't get caught up in the stories about Jewish people are bad. Yeah, and Muslim people are good, or that Jews and Muslims hate each other, or that Jews and Muslims right hate each other. Yeah, what we have to try to focus ourselves on is 
humanity. Yeah, exactly. And 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 put you, things but, but, in but, on, and put things in context. Because what we are seeing in our life, this is the time we live in, is no different except in scale in the actors than when the Belgium King Leopold controlled what today we call the Congo and under his control resulted in the mass murder of conservatively estimated as, as 10 to 15 million people. Mm -hmm. It's no different than the slave trade, and I'll just mention one of the slave traders, the British Empire, mm -hmm. and the Dutch Empire, and their associates, who trafficked in taking Africans across the Atlantic Ocean to North, Central, and South America, landed here almost seven to eight million, maybe more, records aren't that tight, but lost on the way over, again, conservative estimates, somewhere between seven and 10 million. We're at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. It's no different than the Arab slave trade, which took another 10, 7, 8 million Africans across the goddamn desert or the Indian Ocean, right? And lost in the journey, eh, another 7, 8 million bodies. It's no different than when the American Empire which is still standing, maybe only on two legs, though. <laughs> right. right? We're here. Right. That should concern us. Right. Right? Over a period of less than five years, dropped more bombs on a part of the earth where 98% of the people lived in thatch-roofed houses, rice farmers, mm -hmm. dropped more bombs first on Vietnam than were dropped in World War II. And there were a lot of goddamn bombs dropped in World War II. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they were. were. That's amazing. <sighs> dropped almost an equal amount, or who, I don't know, I'm losing count, on Cambodian Laos. A lot of bloodshed. Which led, by the way, to the Khmer Rouge, yeah, Khmer Rouge, who haven't been driven crazy and let loose, then turned around and over a period of five years or more or less, murdered three million of their own people. No different than when whatever set that off, whatever interest manipulated that, mm -hmm. And over a period of less than two months in Rwanda, which is, shares a border with the Congo, mm -hmm. yeah. they hatcheted to death mm -hmm. almost 800,000 people. I'm just picking up some of the highlights. Yeah. No different than when the English and the Spanish 
discovered America, right? In South America, and ended up by their hands or by the results of their actions causing a mass death, right? Of millions of people, quote, innocent people. So this is this is this is the flow of history. I think we would make a mistake if we we can get into some of the details of that this chapter. Mm-hmm. But I think we want to broaden it out to talk about the 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 the, the interest in the in the in and why you know this pattern continues it has been present in human history for a very long time, and why in the, quote, civilized world, which we claim to be mm-hmm. part of in this era, why and who is associated with these things? And it still goes Because on. I tell you the truth, I did not wake up yesterday or a year ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago and say, hey, I got an idea. I'd like to go over to Vietnam and kill some people. <laughs> I, that never came into my head. Right, 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 right. Right? It, it never came into my head. And I've been alive for a while. It's never come into my head. Hey, well, guess what I'm going to do today? I'm going to go kill some Jews. That's never come into my head. And then go convince other people. That's never come into my head. Right. So It's coming into somebody's head. Sure. All those things that never came into my head came into somebody's head. Now, that's what we need to focus on. Who is it that is coming up with this shit for thousands of years? Because that is what we need to cure. Oh, that's and we don't speak to that. Huh. Guess what? What? Well, and I know it's been said many times, but I'm believing that it's getting closer. Well, it if is. If we don't cure that or get hip to it, they're coming for you next. Yeah. Well, let me <laughs> say this. You and Chris hit on a point, and that so, is so, it's, it's all the story that's driving it. Now, that right the there vehicle. is the vehicle, but that right there is the practice of humanity. It is the practice of humans to, to enroll conquer, others to, into a story no, that has to do dumb shit. No, it's the practice shit. of some humans. So, that's true. Some humans. Well, well, yeah, but some humans. I don't think anybody in this room has, in the <laughs> studio has. Have you ever thought about doing never, any of that kind of shit? Just the opposite, actually. <laughs> Love and harmony <laughs> and for... for you know, well, I say, I say, it's a practice of humanity, and I don't consider myself unique has, by the way. Right, 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 right. Check this out. Though I say so it's what, a practice what, of humanity because what? it's been going on ever since humans have been here. But that's no, no, no. That's a loaded word you're using, humanity. And we got to be like I said, when we get ready to drill down on this, you say there's going to be another chapter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We got to you know, definitely have another. It's not the majority. I'll, t- I'll tell you. I tell you. I tell you what is human, if I could. For your, your, your permission, suggest it. If somebody busts into my house tomorrow through the back of the front door, comes in, ready to take me out or somebody I care about, I'm going to try to lay him out. That's human. That's human, right. To defend what, what is... That's human. Right. 
Now, 6,000 miles away, something else is going on. Wait a minute. Let's back up for a minute. But that guy breaking in your house, that's not human? What? The guy that broke in your house. What do you mean? Well, he's making a point that it's human for him to defend. I got that. Oh, but you're it's... saying, is it human for other humans to be aggressive Ex- against other exactly. humans? Exactly. Well, that's a good point. But that's not the majority of humans. It's not the majority of humans. No, I definitely. But it doesn't Yet take it's a, majority. But, but because it's been going on for so long, it can be attributed as a human Oh, sure, sure, it's sure. It's a human trait. Okay, but wait, wait, wait. Lions no, no, he's making a good point. Lions don't yeah. do that shit. Okay, Tigers well, don't do that. Well, I would agree with you. Birds I, don't let do me say it, this. and let me, trees don't do well, it. Well, let me agree with you this way. <laughs> I believe you're 100% correct that human beings acting at a state of uncontrol of their human instincts or in uncivilized ways as savages and barbaric, because we've come through that as human beings, periods and civilizations that were barbaric and savage. Now, we've convinced ourselves, 2023. That we've evolved, right? That we've evolved. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> right? Now, but what Omar is raising, what shit. Omar is raising, and this is very critical what he's raising, and that's why I think we have to talk about the Palestine-Israel conflict because it's indicative, I believe, of what he was pointing at, is that there's a thin line mm-hmm. between civilized and savage. And if and if it's not defended, oh shit, yes, yeah, you can get right back yeah. into right, let's mass savagery. All right, let's cut right there. That quick, yeah, let's just that cut. quick, let's just that quick. Cut. So, so <laughs> hang, hang on, hang on, guys. So let's, so this is great. So I just want to outline. This has been a great conversation with Vance Gregg. He's laid this out. He's framed it out, and we're gonna come back. This is going to be done, you I think, lucky in many listeners, parts. You. you lucky listeners. <laughs> so stay tuned, and we'll thank be you for, back with more. for joining well, us again another for, episode. For the conversation. Absolutely. And, thank you for coming. Yeah, no, and, and thank you, Omar. So yeah, we have man. to come back. Peace. This is a big conversation. Peace. Not your common conversation.